I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 456 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is August 27th. 2023 and the offseason cannot get here soon enough right when i thought right this season it was going to be like i hope that this season's going to last forever that's what it felt like at the beginning of the year and now as we sit here in august it's like this season can't end soon enough this was embarrassing what happened with the padres here against the milwaukee brewers was embarrassing the Brewers are not one of the best teams in baseball. They're a good baseball team. They're over 500, well over 500, but they're also playing in the NL Central. They're not the Braves. They're not the Dodgers. And even if they were, this would still be embarrassing because there was a lot of things that happened in this series that weren't because of what the Brewers did. It was because the Padres looked like a little league team at times. Luis Camposano throwing a ball way past Manny at third base when there's no batter standing in the right-handed batter's box to shield him or anything like that and make it harder on him, just throws it away. Then you have today where Michael Waka literally turns into Waka, 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 just walking everyone, four guys in a row for the first time in his career, just couldn't throw strikes. Then you have Steven Wilson come into the game and he doesn't do a whole lot better. And then when he does throw strikes, obviously it gets hit. And then Nick Martinez wasn't much better either. And then when the Padres were given a couple runs by the Milwaukee Brewers, wild pitches. Tatis, I think, got on after that. And then three consecutive outs. 
Soto popped out, Manny popped out, and Bogarts grounded out. I mean, that's one of the stories of this Padres season. The big guys not coming through when they need to come through. And as I said on my post-game reaction, Manny slamming his helmet uh, and smashing his bat up against the Gatorade cooler multiple times. That's how Padres fans feel. I think that's how a lot of Padres fans have felt for months now. Just like done with this season and tired of watching this team play. And there's some fans like myself that are going to continue to watch this Padres team because we can't not watch this Padres team. It's just what we do, right? We love this Padres organization. Can't really say I love this Padres team because it, it's pretty hard to love this team. I can love some players on the team, but it's hard to love this team. When you got guys admitting that they're quitting when it hasn't even hit September yet, when they get down in ball games, and there's been some times this season where you're just watching the play on the field and it's like, yeah, okay. They're not really giving their full best effort at times. And the lack of urgency is something that has pissed me off about this team as well. And I've said that multiple times. Because it was like, okay, they, they need to start turning this thing around. And then you have people in the clubhouse like Manny telling reporters that, no, we're not, we're not worrying. We're not panicking. There's no panicking going on in here. Just wait till we start raking. Don't jump on the bandwagon then when we start doing our job and start raking. What happened? That never happened. That never happened consistently. And so, yeah, Padres fans, you definitely have a right to be pissed off and be like Manny was in the dugout. Now, I don't want you breaking windows in your house or anything like that, but being pissed off, you definitely have a right to be pissed off because there has been so much money spent by Padres fans, so much time dedicated by this Padres fan base to this team this season, so much time, so much effort for this to happen. Padres fans don't deserve this. They've waited so long to have that World Series championship team, right? And, and to get to a World Series. No World Series in my lifetime so far. I hope it's coming at some point, but that's not a guarantee. But Padres fans that are way older than myself, sure, they've seen a World Series, but never won one before. And we thought, okay, after last season, they're building. 2022, make it to the NLCS. They're getting Xander Bogarts, Fernando Tatis Jr., Michael Waka, Seth Lugo, full seasons of Juan Soto, and Josh Hader. Bring back Robert Suarez, obviously. Hassan Kim's going to have the best season of his career and be the best Padre on the team. Blake Snell is going to pitch like a Cy Young. We're going to go deep into a postseason run, right? We're, we're going to go deep into the postseason. Nope. Just disappointment. Feels like all season long for a Padres fan base that doesn't deserve this. And so, yeah, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. I mean, 6-20 and 20 in one-run games. They had a lead in the series finale against the Brewers, and they just give the game to Milwaukee. I mean, that's really what happened. Four walks in a row. By Michael Walker, four walks in a row. And then Telez pinch hits, two RBI double down the right field line. 
Another bases loaded walk. Just terrible. Looked like they could be in the Little League World Series instead of on a Major League Baseball field. Is how some of these guys played in this series. And how some of these guys have played during this season. You're going to make mistakes. I'm not saying every team's... I'm not saying I'm not saying that the Padres should have been expected to make no mistakes. But this, this is embarrassing. This is, it's almost like I don't believe what I'm seeing. But if you've watched the, the team every single day, no, you believe what you're watching. And it's painful to keep watching it. But it's just what I do. It's just what we do. We just watch the team. And we listen to the games on the radio if we can't watch the game. Or we go on the MLB app and we pay attention to what's happening if we're not able to watch or listen to the game. It's just who we are. It's what we do. So we're not going to stop. But those that aren't, you know, the diehard fans, the Padres have lost those fans. Why go to another game this year? There's no point. Why go to another game? Unless you're getting a Tatis bobblehead or you're getting a Padre hat on Thursday. Why? Why go? And it sucks for someone like Peter Seidler, right? Who spent so much money, and he's a Padres fan just like all of us are. And he was expecting the Padres to build on this 2022, or 2022 season last year. And was hoping that was going to be even better this season. And this is what happens. And you could say part of it's on, it, on Peter Seidler, because he's the one that keeps employing A.J. Preller and saying A.J. is excellent. So yeah, I'm going to blame Peter Seidler a little bit. But, I mean, most of it, come on, most of it's on the players, the guys that are making more money than we will ever see in our lifetime. Most of it is on A.J. Preller and the players. I don't know if you guys saw, but there was a fan in Milwaukee today that, I guess, posted a video on social media. And they made their thoughts well-known about what they think of A.J. Preller and do they think Bob Melvin should be fired? Here is the audio of that, because uh, I think this is how many Padres fans feel. AJ, if anybody needs to go, it's you, not Bob. This is on you. Short and simple, this is on you. I don't totally agree that it's all on AJ, but part of it definitely is on AJ. More of it's on AJ than on Peter Seidler, because AJ's the one that's supposed to know way more about baseball than Peter Seidler is, right? Uh, a lot of it's obviously on the players. I'm not just going to sit here and blame only AJ. Manny has to be better. He has a 780 OPS. That's not what the Padres paid for when they gave him that big extension, when Peter Seidler gave him that big extension. Juan Soto, you look at the OPS, 885. Like that, he's still out a pretty darn good season for those to say it's a down year. But... Some could say it's a it's a little bit of a down year for Juan Soto, and he, he has been disappointing at times for the Padres this season. And if the Padres want to get where they want to go to next year, that can't happen. Fernando Tatis Jr. is hitting 260. His OPS is 781, well below 800. That has to be better. Is Hassan Kim going to do this again next year? Don't know. Jake Cronenworth, fractured wrist. He's on the IL, but. When he was healthy this year, it's been a really bad year for him. He has to be better. Xander Bogarts, a 727 OPS. That's not what the Padres paid for. 
He's hitting 260 this year. He was hitting over 300 last year. So a lot of guys on offense have to be better. The bullpen has to be more consistent next year. And there's questions about the rotation as well, about you, Darvish, because he's been inconsistent this year. And Musgrove coming back from injury next year, they he should not get on a mound again the rest of this season. I've already made my thoughts known on that. Michael Walker, is he going to come back or the Padres going to pick up his options? He does have an injury history. Seth Lugo, is he going to end up going to free agency and go somewhere else? And the Padres have to replace those innings somehow? Or if the Padres keep him, is he going to replicate what he did this season? A lot of question marks about this team. And part of the scary part, part of the part, part of the reason why I, I want to be optimistic about next year is because there's still a lot of talent on this team. But part of the scary part is, what if that talent that is still going to be on this team, right? You're not getting rid of these guys. You can't. This talent has another year like they had this year. And they underperform next year as well. What's going to happen then? And is Bob Melvin going to be here to be managing this team in 2024? That's a question. Is A.J. Preller going to be here? I think we know the answer to that. But I hope Peter Seidler has changed his mind, or at least is going to sit there and say, yeah, me calling A.J. excellent, him, A.J. is excellence, me doing that, I shouldn't have done that when they were having a bad road trip and they were playing in Cincinnati earlier this season. Based on the results of A.J. Preller being with the Padres since he's been hired, he does not deserve for me to call him excellence. Shouldn't have done that. Maybe Peter will recognize that and acknowledge that. But no doubt, this season, absolute failure. The Padres are tied with the Washington Nationals. The rebuilding Washington Nationals. The team that the Padres traded for Juan Soto from. The Nationals that are definitely rebuilding. And this is supposed to be years of progression for C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie Gore. Supposed to be at the bottom of their division. They're ahead of the Mets. They're ahead of the Padres. Or not ahead. Tied with the Padres. Probably will be ahead of the Padres at some point this season. That's embarrassing. An embarrassing season for the 2023 Padres. How are you going to remember this Padres team? I mean, if you could explain it with one word to someone that just is popping in right now, describe it in one word, what would it be? Would it be disappointing? Would it be underwhelming? Would it be embarrassing? Failure, unacceptable. How are you going to describe this 2023 season when you look back on it in a decade? Or you look back on it when this regular season is actually officially over? I know I'm going to look back at it as an embarrassment. I'm not going to look back at it as a collapse because it's not a collapse. This team was never a great baseball team. There have been moments, just like there have been moments from the Oakland A's when they went on like a seven-game winning streak or whatever the heck they went on. But they haven't been consistent at all this season. They haven't won four games this season. Six and 20 in one-run games. Six and 20 on pace for the worst one-run record in Major League Baseball since 1935 when the Boston Braves were a team. 1935. This isn't the 2016 Padres 
the 2017 Padres, the 2018 Padres. Eric Ibar's not playing shortstop. Carlos Esuaje isn't playing second base. Ryan Schimp isn't playing second base, or Corey Spangenberg's not in the infield. No, this is a team that has Fernando Tatis Jr., Xander Bogart, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Joe Musgrove, Hugh Darvish, Josh Hader, Robert Suarez, Hassan Kim, who is having a tremendous year. Jake Cronenworth, who gave a, they gave a big extension to. You got Bob Melman as the manager, a team that made it to the NLCS last year. You have all these stars on this team. And they're playing like the 2018 Padres, like, you know, just throwing the ball all around the field, admitting that they're quitting when they get down. Embarrassing. Freaking embarrassing. Unacceptable. I don't know how many more times I'm going to go on a rant like this this season, but today really pissed me off. And because you see Manny getting pissed off in the dugout, and it's like, dude, that should have happened a long time ago. That urgency, you being pissed off like that, should have happened a while back. And maybe he was in the clubhouse and we didn't see it publicly, but that should have happened a while ago. That team should have noticed, we're in trouble here. We can't just rely on our talent and be like, oh, it'll turn around. Like someone like myself was saying early on in the year because I believed in the town and the track record and all that. It's one thing for fans to say it, but the players have to realize they should have realized earlier that they're in trouble. And instead, pretty much played the same. And you have Manny talking to reporters, essentially saying, no, there's no panic in here. Saying that earlier this summer, no panic in here. No, it's simple. We just have to win more baseball games. Is it that simple? Because if it was, you'd be winning more baseball games consistently instead of getting swept by the Milwaukee Brewers. I don't know. I think that's all I have to say about um, just what happened in today's game, what happened just this weekend. I can hit on what happened individually in these games. But, yeah, uh, those are just my thoughts that I just had in my head and wanted to get off my chest. So, there we go. Uh, I see Carter. He is in the stream here. What's up, man? What's up? Thanks for having me. Yep. What you got? All right. Guess he doesn't have anything. Uh, Carter, if you have something, log out and then log back on, please. If anyone wants to join the show, by the way, and give your thoughts, you want to go on a big rant, feel free to do so. Click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. If you want to make sure I get to your comment or your question today, you can use that super chat button, that dollar sign. Where should we go to next? Um, I'll get to the chat, but I just want to continue to give my thoughts here, and then I'll talk with you uh, in the comments here in a little bit. But yeah, these last two games of this Padres Brewers series, they lose 5-4 yesterday. Another one-run loss. Pedro Avila was pitching pretty well, four innings of work, and then that fifth inning absolutely just didn't have the same stuff. Um, one hit, no earned runs in the first four innings. Then he allows a run in scoring position. Uh, excuse me, one runner, 
in scoring position through the first four innings. And then in the fifth inning, he gave up four hits and walked just one guy. Um, obviously, the hits were the issue there. What if, like I said on my reaction yesterday after the game, what if balls down the line ended up being foul instead of fair? What would have happened there? What if Campy would have made the terrible throw to third when there's no one blocking him in the right-handed batter's box? But that's what this season is, too. Just a bunch of what-ifs. Almost, Garrett Cooper almost tied the game with a home run. Almost. Not good enough. The almosts aren't good enough. It was one thing in April when that was happening, one thing in May when that was happening, and I could sit there and say, oh, they'll turn it around. I believe in the track record. They're close. But when it's August 27th and you're tied with the Washington freaking Nationals in the standings, almost means nothing to me. Means nothing. Um, yeah, that's that's about all I got for yesterday's game. Devin Williams, when he came into the game, obviously he's like the best closer in baseball. I mean, he actually pitches, so that, that helps improve his case. Um, that game was over once he entered. Uh, Josh Hader. When was the last time Josh Hader pitched? He didn't pitch at all in this Milwaukee series. Last time he pitched was on the 23rd. Last Wednesday was the last time Josh Hader pitched in a baseball game for the Padres. It's like a nice car and you don't use it. Why? What's the point of having it? Those nice shoes that people buy and put them, just stick them up on a wall or something and you don't wear them. What's the point? That's what Josh Hader is with this Padres 2023 team. So glad that the Padres decided to keep Josh Hader. So glad they decided to keep Blake Snell. Because it doesn't matter. The Padres would still be in the same spot without those guys, and they would have got something back at the trade deadline. But instead, here they are, wasting the rest of their 2023 seasons with the Padres, and wouldn't be surprised if both end up not even being with the Padres next season. So great move there, AJ, by not moving those guys. Incredible. All right, I'll get to you, Zyrus. I see Carter's back in here. What's up? Hey, can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. Okay, sorry. My Wi-Fi was, like, disconnecting. But um, I was going to tell you, I've kind of lost hope for this team, to be honest with you. Kind of? Yeah. Season's over, man. I'm sorry. Season's over. Well, yeah, you're right there. It's just, it's frustrating watching this team every single day because you're just like, oh boy, another loss is coming. And it's just. How are they going to find a way to lose? Yep, that's how it is, pretty yeah, much. Exactly. And uh, I was talking to one of my friends, and we were saying how, like, we wasted money on Xander. And I, I didn't know what to say. Like, I was like, I don't know what to say to that. I just. I need, what's your opinion? Like, what do you think? Yeah. Um, do you have any more questions or, cause I'll go on that. I'll go off on uh, that. Not right now. Okay. All right. Thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. Carter. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I'm going to get to that here for Carter. Xander Bogarts, have the Padres wasted money on him? You could definitely make the case. Yeah. I mean, you already had a bunch of shortstops. You could add Hassan Kim play shortstop if you really wanted to have Tatis play the outfield. You have Crony play second base, which is where he's more valuable than at first base. 
And Kim, we know, is great at shortstop defensively. You didn't have to spend 280 on Bogarts for sure. And that was definitely an overpay. I, I thought that when they made that signing. But where the Padres were at in that offseason, Abreu already signed. Rizzo already went back to the Yankees. They weren't going to go trade for someone. They weren't going to bring back Will Myers. I Was Drury signed yet? I forget if Drury was signed, but they weren't going to overpay for Josh Bell. I know he signed with Cleveland at the deadline, or uh, not the deadline, the winter meetings, I should say, excuse me. So they weren't going to go those routes. So they wanted to construct the best lineup, have the best lineup possible. And they tried for Aaron Judge. They tried for Trey Turner. And so they went with Xander Bogarts. A.J. Preller, Peter Scyther. Is it A.J. Preller that was at the front, forefront of this? Was it Peter Scyther that was telling A.J., I want this? Go get me another superstar. We need someone else. Don't know who it was. Was it 50-50? I doubt it. It's usually never 50-50. It's probably, you know, the GM or the owner is, they have a stronger feel on one of these big-time moves, and so it happens that way. Owner trusts the GM or the GM trusts the owner or doesn't even have to trust the owner. The owner can do whatever the heck he wants. So who knows? At the time, I was excited about the Xander Bogarts deal. So therefore, I'm not going to say the Padres wasted money on Xander Bogarts when we're less than one season into this contract. Does it look good right now? No, of course not. But I'm not going to say they've wasted money on it because he did suffer that wrist injury this year. And I get it. You shouldn't have excuses and results are the results. And no doubt, Xander has to be better. This was a really disappointing season for Xander Bogarts. And it's not over yet. It could get worse. And he will say that at the end of this season. And he knows he has not been good for most of this season for the Padres. He has not performed up to expectations. But I'm not going to give up on it one year into the contract, less than one year into the contract. This is an Eric Hosmer where I gave him a couple seasons. I gave him a few years. Gave that time. So I'm going to give Xander Bogart some time here. And I saw the track record that he had with the Red Sox. And that's not a, the track record doesn't mean anything. It can help. I mean, that's the best, I guess, indicator of what someone's going to do is their recent track record. But the track record, I mean, that doesn't mean anything, really. What matters is what you do for the San Diego Padres, not what you did for the Red Sox. But that's how he got paid was from hitting 300 with the Red Sox. At Petco Park, we shouldn't have expected that from Xander Bogart this season. Let's be fair. Because Petco Park is one of the harder hitting ballparks in baseball. But, I mean, we should have expected better than a 730 OPS. Should have expected better than a 260 average or whatever the heck it is. I think that's fair. He hit 307 last year, 261 this year. If the season ended today, this would be his worst average since 2014. I know batting average isn't everything, but Xander's not this big power guy. So average, I would, I'm taking more into account on his batting average than some other big power hitter, you know? So, yeah, for this season, the Padres have wasted that. But I'm not willing to say that they've wasted a bunch of money on Xander Bogarts when we're less than one season into the contract. That's how I feel on that. All right. Zyrus, what's up? Thanks for Hello. coming on. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Oh, okay. I'm actually a Dodgers fan, but um, I've been watching, like, your channel, like, frequently, like, often. And, like, 
just like seeing the Padres heading into the season, I actually thought you guys were going to be better than us. And to be honest, like I really thought we were going to be second in the division, but a lot of things in the Padres organization doesn't really make sense to me. Like you Darvish getting six years didn't make sense to me to begin with, especially his age. I thought he should have got like three years at best. Um, yeah, you guys have Josh Hader. He's basically there, but he's not pitching in any meaningful games this year. Xander Bogarts, his contract never made sense for me to begin with. Like, He'll probably be better next season, but halfway through his contract, the remaining years are probably wouldn't be worth it. Um, like I've Tatis, the reason why like I've watched your channels because Tatis is actually my favorite player, even though I'm a Dodgers fan. Like it's kind of like it's comical, but um, <laughs> yeah, like the Padres, a lot of things just don't make sense to me. What like what's going on with them? How are they just bad? Like if it's like. The pitching being bad one game and the offense being great and the next game the offense being bad and the pitching being great it's just like a season of inconsistency so that's what i have to say mostly about the padres yeah i mean i mean the dodgers it's like they regardless of what happens with them whether they let trey turner walk max scherzer isn't there injuries to the rotation whatever they find a way to overcome it where the Padres, that's not the case. And your point about Darvish and the Bogarts contract, yeah, the length of those contracts, that I definitely agree. The, the lengths did not make sense. Uh, but A.J. Preller has loved, I don't know if this is a Peter Seidler thing or if this is an A.J. Preller thing, but they have loved to just put the AAV down. And that's why Darvish got that many years. That's why Bogarts got that many years, is to... Make sure that average annual value is down so they can spend more money around the roster, especially in you know the next four or five years probably, because if they gave them a shorter contract, then you would, they wouldn't be spending as much around the rest of the roster or wouldn't be able to unless you're going over the luxury tax. And then you lose draft picks and you have to owe more money and A.J. Preller loves draft picks, so he doesn't want to do that. So that's where you get into these situations where it's like, all right, Xander's going to be here till he's 40 or whatever. Darvish is going to be here till he's like Rich Hill's age, I feel like. Uh, and, yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to be a great situation. And that's why it, it's made it so crucial going into the season. We knew, like, this season was super crucial. Next season, super crucial. Season after that, super crucial. Because who knows what the Padres are going to get from these high salary guys when they keep getting older, because obviously they're not getting younger and they're going to be out of their prime at some point. So you got to get great years out of these guys and you got to win. I think at some point in this Musgrove contract, you've got to win because after that, these guys are going to be out of their prime. They're still going to be making a bunch of money and you can't have all of them on the bench. And are all of them, the Potters are just going to cut bait with all of them and just going to have, just going to eat half of Bogarts' contract? I don't see that happening. Yeah, so, I would yeah. say, like, um, Musgrove and Hassan Kim, they're definitely, like, the most competitive, like, players on the team so far that I've seen from the Padres. They actually, like, show up and they play really hard. They're probably the most consistent performers as well. Like, if you had to, like, judge, like, the best players on the Padres this year, those two would be at, like, top four like, maybe most likely. Hassan Kim will probably be number one. Him and Blake yeah. Snell. Yep. And Josh Hader's been really good when he has pitched. Yeah, Hader as well. What value? He just doesn't have enough value for this Padres team. 
I thought they should have traded him before the trade deadline. He's just sitting there. He pitches once a week. And, okay, he's good that outing. Might be good. I think he allowed a couple runners his last outing. Might be good that outing. And then doesn't pitch again. So have someone else do that. And now he's going to leave after this season, I would imagine. Go get his big $100 million contract because someone's going to pay him that. And the Padres just wasted a year of Josh Hader's prime. And they could have got something back for it. They could have got something back for Blake Snell. And they decided not to. I don't know if that was based on just one series sweeping the Rangers. And now they felt like, oh, we can't do that. But it's like they just kept believing in this Padres team. Just like I believed in this Padres team at the beginning of the year. But at some point, I switched there and then stopped believing. And it was like, or maybe I, I was believing, but it was like, well, my, my hope here, my belief, it's going down. And it keeps going down. And it keeps going down. And now there's nothing left. Uh, but the Padres, through the deadline, they continue to have that belief. They continue to have that hope. And Peter Seidler, he's a very optimistic guy, and I understand why. But it's been optimistic and hopeful to a fault this season, for sure. Yeah, for the Padres, I'd say, like, when I noticed them starting to, like, really make moves is when they traded for guys like uh, Darvish. Now, I noticed, like, from there, I thought, like, they would be a really serious team. Like, I just noticed the little moves. All of them just added up when they traded for Soto. Like, I was like, wow. And then they get Tatis back. I really thought they were going to be, like, a really, really dangerous team. Like, I've been noticing them for, like, a couple of years. Like, they've been building up and building up and building up little by little. But, yeah, I don't know. They just seem to, like, just not have – they don't play for one another. Another, They don't have the consistencies in their bats, runners in scoring position. Like, I don't know. They're just never able to get that key hit. That's what's also killed them in a lot of games this year. Yeah, it's, it's stuff that the Dodgers are able to do well, that they've been able to do well consistently for the last decade. And the Padres haven't been able to do that. So, yeah. All right, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Daniel, he is on the show now. What's up, Daniel? What's up? Can you hear me? Yep, I got you. All right. Um, one of my first thoughts uh, after this Brewers series, probably uh, the first thing I noticed was I'm a big Hassan Kim fan, so I noticed he was quiet at the plate. Um, I love Gary Sanchez. Love that guy. Um, but I'm really looking forward to the offseason. Um, I think we are all we're all just, looking forward. This to is it. just I, I'm new to your channel, so I'm just uh, curious to hear your thoughts um, on the off season. What you think is going to happen? Um, I honestly thought, yeah, we really should have sold at the deadline. I think that Rangers series really killed that. So honestly, I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, on, on the, the off season, like yes. what what you think I, uh, the Padres should do or what yeah, I think what the they should do. do. Like, should, like I, obviously there's some organizational depth that really needs to get noticed and changed, I think. Right. Um, so I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Yeah. Thanks for that. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll keep you on here just if you have any follow-ups, but hmm. yeah, um, this off season, I think the problem is they already have a high payroll uh, going into the off season. And Manny's going to be here. Bogarts is going to be here. Soto, we think, is going to be here. I don't see them trading him because they're, they're a worse team if Juan Soto's not on the roster and they're going to try to go win next year. Uh, Cronenworth's here. I don't see why they would trade Kim um, unless they feel like, yeah, we're not going to bring him back because we have Cronenworth under contract. 
and we can ship Crony over to second, bring in an actual first baseman, and they'll go with Bogart set shortstop uh, again. Um, and then they'll have Merrill come up at some point. I don't know. But most of these guys, most of the offense, they're here. They're locked up, or they have a pretty firm grab on a starting job. And so what really has to happen is you look at the guys that are currently starting that aren't under contract next year, really. I mean, it's, it's you look at the DH spot. How can you get someone that can be reliable, consistent, and actually be a power bat there? Um, the catching position, Gary Sanchez, a free agent at the end of the year. Do you believe in what he has shown you to bring him back? And if he wants to be back, how much money are you, are you going to pay him so that he is he wants to be back, continue and continue being with the Padres? Like the the guys that you think that they'd want to bring back because of their years, like maybe Lugo, maybe Waka, maybe Snell, um, maybe Sanchez. It's not going to cost uh, a cheap amount of money, you know, to to bring those guys back. And you're just bringing those guys back to what? Like th this team is a non-postseason team and you're just bringing those guys back and you expect that to drastically change things. There are some guys that have had some really good seasons this year that we probably shouldn't expect them to have that identical season next year. Don't know if that would be smart to expect that out of. Uh, but then at the same time, I think we should expect some of these stars to have better years next year. Uh, but yeah, I know I'm rambling, but to your question, I would find a way to improve the DH spot, improve the offense somehow. But I think a lot of it comes with guys that are currently on the roster having to be better. And I wish I had a more uh, entertaining or more smart answer than that. But that's just the situation that the Padres have put themselves in, is they have pretty much all of their offense under contract, and they're going to be on the roster next year. So those guys just have to be better. I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of film being watched in the offseason. I'm sure the front office is going to be looking over a lot of analytics and stuff like that and seeing how these guys can improve because they're going to be on the team, whether we like it or not. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, Am I missing anything? What, what would you do? Um... No, I, I think you're. I think you're spot on there. I agree with everything you said. Um, I ha can't think of anything else right now. Um, the biggest point is, is the guys, the star guys, just being better. It's really like when you said like you can't really make a smart, smarter answer. It's because there is no really smarter answer. I feel yeah. like the smarter, like the the star guys, really just got to step up. Um, that's the reality of it. Um. Yeah, it's really just been a disappointing year, unfortunately. And it sucks for the fan base because mm -hmm. how much money that has been spent at the ballpark and even when you're not at the ballpark, the gear that you buy and just the investment, the time investment. So much time spent watching this team and trying to continue to believe in the team. And then even when you don't believe in the team, they're not mathematically eliminated, so you continue to watch the team. It's just been so disappointing this season. And I just feel for all those Padres fans that maybe got season tickets this year and were so excited going into the year, all the fans that were at Fan Fest and all that. And for oh, yeah. this to happen, sellouts it, too. Sellouts. so many sellouts. And it's like, yeah, yeah this, this fan base just doesn't deserve it. It's not like they've had 
we've had a bunch of winning seasons to to celebrate or had a World Series championship last year or a couple years ago or ever in the franchise's history where it's like, okay, well, disappointing year, whatever. At least we can look back on that moment. I mean, last year's postseason run, it was cool, and the Dodgers series was cool, but it hasn't been erased, but it's almost like Padre fans are going to be forgetting about that because of the sting that's left on this season in those matchups against the Dodgers and the Kershaw meme and then the last series at at Petco where they got demolished and Mookie hit that grand slam and Suarez, you know, not being able to throw strikes and just giving the Dodgers runs when, when they had a lead there. Um, so, yeah, a lot of painful moments this season for sure. Yep, uh, I got nothing else. All right, thank you so much, Daniel. Thanks right. for the time. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Thanks for the support. All right. Yeah. Just disappointing. I mean, that's – I am i don't know how many times I've said the, the word disappointing already in this show or the word frustrating, but I probably said it a ton. Um, there's I see there's over 300 comments uh, in the chat, so I'm obviously not going to be able to get to everyone. So make sure to use that Super Chat button. It supports the channel as well, so I appreciate anyone that does that. Uh, and it makes sure that I get to your comment. It, it guarantees that I will get to your comment, get to your question, separ separates it into a different category with the rest of the chat. Um, and if you can't do that, you can't leave a super chat, I definitely understand. And I try to get through some of the regular comments as well. Uh, just a reminder, you can use that code TALKINGFRIARS, $20 off your order. Don't know why you'd want to go to a Padres game, but maybe another sporting event. You can use that code there or save it for next year. Um, BreakingT.com, some great San Diego sports swag. Aztecs, Wave, a Wave team that's actually going to be a postseason team for San Diego. It looks like, I hope, this season. You know, Give San Diego sports fans something to be really happy about. Uh, great San Diego sports stuff there with Breaking T. And same thing with Foco, uh, with, with Padres collectibles and bracelets and uh, straw hats and some great bobbleheads that they have. If you can't go get bobbleheads at Petco Park, there's some pretty cool ones there at Foco. So click that link in the description for that as well. Um, okay, quick break, and then I'm going to get to I'm going to get to the Jake Cronenworth thing real quick. Check out Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right. So just by the way, I'll probably be here as long as you guys are going to continue to be here. I have more people tuning in than usual, so... I'm here to talk with you, Padres fans. Uh, you know, this is like a vent session. Uh, I'm not. I don't want to feel like I'm talking at you, or I don't want you to feel like I'm talking at you. So I'll definitely get to the chat here. But the Jake Cronenworth news happened over this weekend during this series. Ten-day IL, fractured right wrist, and Bob Melvin said that he's not going to need surgery. But I don't know if we 100% know for sure that he's not going to need surgery. Right now, he's in a cast. He's going to be in a cast for two to four weeks. So if there's no surgery needed, I guess that's good news. But yeah, Jake Cronenworth's 2023 season is over. Just like the Padres season is unofficially over. Jake, I love him. Him and Musgrove, my two favorite Padres. But it has been 
a really disappointing season for Jake. I think he's filled in pretty well defensively at first base. It's It had to be tough on him moving from second base and being like the full-time first baseman. But I believe that he could do it, and I thought that he filled in pretty well. But look at his offensive numbers this season. It's unacceptable. When you get a big contract like that, seven-year deal, I think it was, eight, seven or eight years, I think seven years, 80 million, you got to perform better than this. A 1.3 war, that's it. You look at his baseball reference war last year was 4.1, not even close to what it was this year. 4.8 in 2021. So, I mean, he had a better baseball reference war in 2020 in 54 games than he had all of this season. 127 games this season for Jake, a 1.3 war. 54 games in 2020, a 1.6 war. It's just really terrible for Jake's standards. I think he'd probably say that as well. Less than 50 runs driven in, less than 60 runs scored, 229 average. Only 10 home runs, 93 OPS plus, 7% below league average. League average is 100. His OPS, 689, not even at 700. On base percentage, just above 300. He's got to get back to being Jake Cronor. Line drives all season long. Use the opposite field all season long. Don't take till midseason to adjust that. At least that's what I was seeing this season from Jake. And maybe Bogart's ends up being moved to first base, and Kim plays short, and Crony can go back to play second, and maybe that'll be the best defensive alignment next year, or maybe Crony will continue to play first, and they just maybe solve the DH situation and go get someone else externally. I don't know, but Jake's going to be here. He's not getting traded, so he's got to be better. He's got to find a way to get back to who he was a couple years ago, even last year. I'll take that over what happened this year. So, yeah, the fractured wrist, that's not the way he wants to go out for this season. And he's one of those guys that maybe he doesn't believe it because, like, in his heart, like, truly, but he's one of those guys that's going to continue to say, like, I believe in this team. We're, I'll be ready for the NLDS in the postseason. I think I heard Scan say that on the broadcast over the, over the weekend. That, yeah, Crony... He was telling the media, I'll be ready for the NLDS. Like, that's just how he's wired. He believes he's going to be positive, And he is one of those guys that you cannot say he doesn't care. There's some guys that you could definitely make that case. But he's not one of them. He definitely cares. He's someone that will play through injury, will play every day, doesn't want to be out of the lineup. And when he sucks, he, he will tell the media, yeah, it sucks. Not good enough. It's like Bogarts, you know, accountable. And that's what I've wanted to see a little bit more of from this Padres team. And more urgency, obviously. And Juan Soto may have said, yeah, you know, we like quit when we, we get down in games. I don't think Jake is included in that. And that's just not me sitting here as a huge Jake Cronenworth fan. That's me just watching him compared to some other guys on the team. That's all. So, yeah, this season keeps getting worse. It felt like a month ago or two months ago, whenever that Royal Series was, it was like, can't get worse than this, right? Well, then it got worse. Can't get worse than this, right? Then Musgrove gets hurt. Can't get worse than this, right? Then they get demolished by the Dodgers. Can't get worse than this, right? Then they lose three out of four to the D-backs and lose both games of that doubleheader on that Saturday. 
Can't get worse than this, right? Then Jake Cronenworth goes down with a fractured wrist. Can't get worse, right? No, it got worse later in the weekend. They get swept by the Brewers. Can't get worse, right? Uh, it'll, it'll probably get worse at some point the rest of this year. In September, something will be worse. Something. It's always going to get worse. It, it, that's what it feels like this season. Don't say the words, don't say the phrase, it can't get worse. Because then it's going to get worse. They're nine games under 500. Season's already over. And now they're losing key guys that might delay their offseason as well. So, yeah, sucky news that happened over the weekend for sure. All right. Anything else that I wanted to hit on here? I'll hit on the other San Diego sports topics here in a little bit. San Diego State, the Loyal. We'll get to that. Um, but yeah. All right. Vent session here for the chat. Again, over 300 comments in here in the chat. So I'm not going to be able to get to everyone. If you want to make sure that I get to you, you want to support the channel, you can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the, or not, not at the top of the chat. That would join the show. You can do that if you want to. Uh, but click that super chat button, the, the dollar sign there in the comments, and I will get to you there for the super chats. Okay. All right. I finally scrolled up to the top here. Matt says, at least Hater got his revenge against Milwaukee. Hater manages himself like he's been serving a season long suspension. Yeah. Matt and I, and we've had this talk before. Is it Hater that's controlling this? Is it the Padres that are controlling this? Like saying, you're not going to pitch unless it's a closing situation. Whoever the heck it is, I'm pissed off about it. Like you're mathematically not eliminated. So pitch. I don't care what the situation is. Pitch. It's not going to kill you. I'm not asking you to pitch three innings. I'm not asking you to pitch the fourth inning. I'm not asking you to pitch back-to-back-to-back days. Just pitch. Don't pitch once a week. Pitch every other day. Is that too much to ask? Pitch a couple days in a row and then have a couple days off and then pitch again. But he hasn't pitched since last Wednesday. Is that what I said? Yeah, last Wednesday. Just wasting him. Just have him sit there. I hope he enjoyed Milwaukee, getting to go back to Milwaukee because that's all he did. Didn't get on the mound. Or actually, he got on the bullpen mound. He was warming up, I think, last night. But yeah, it's, it pisses me off that they just waste him. So glad they decided to keep him at the deadline. So glad because of that. Oh my gosh. I hope AJ's smiling when he sees him just sitting there in the bullpen every day. KB2481 says, delusional Padres fans last week were saying the Padres were going to go on a 10-game winning streak. Don't know who said that because, yeah, those, those people probably were delusional. And is there anyone in the Padres fan base that believes this team's going to go 24-8? and eight? Kevin Acey put that in his daily newsletter about if the D-backs go like two games over 500 the rest of the way, which is definitely possible because they have not been playing good baseball. And if the Padres go 24-8, and eight, they might not even still get into the postseason. No one believes that because they haven't won four games in a row this season. Will they get to 80 wins this season? No. I don't think so. 
they'd have to play pretty well, wouldn't they? I don't know the math on that, but they'd have to play pretty well. They have 61 wins right now. 61 wins with, what's the math here? With 31 games to go? They're not going to play 600 baseball. No way. Neil says the volleyball from Castaway would be a better Wilson than Steven. Yeah, I guess I didn't really hit on today's game. I kind of did, but not like full fully. Today sucked, obviously. If you watched it, you know. Michael Walker couldn't throw freaking strikes in that one inning. Four walks in a row. And then Steven Wilson comes in the game. And there's some times where he's pumping fastballs right down the middle. I'd rather have him do that than what he did in part of his appearance. What inning was this? Fifth? Or sixth? Sixth inning, I think. Yeah, Wilson comes in, immediately walks a guy. So now the bases are loaded. Then Tyrone Taylor gets pinch hit for Riley Telez comes in. And he leaves the ball over the middle of the plate, which was inevitable. It was going to happen. And then it's 4-4. Intensity walk, Yelich. Contreras gets a pop-up, which, by the way, almost was dropped because the communication was off from Patton and Tatis. And then he walks Carlos Santana. Just, it was a walking parade. Just, you get a base. You get a base. You get a run. You get a run. You get a run. That's what it was today between Waka and Wilson. It was like we were watching a Little League game where guys could not throw strikes. And then yesterday with Campy throwing a ball way off of third base, not even close to Manny, it's like you're watching Little Leaguers play. So it pisses you off. Like I've said on my pregame thoughts and probably on my postgame reactions and probably on this show already, like, I'm probably numb to this. Like, I'm not going to have my whole day ruined because of a Padres loss because we should probably expect it by now. But those are like regular losses. Days like this, it's like, come on. They're finding new ways to lose. So, again, I don't know if I'm going to be on this on a, a rant like this the rest of the year because. I'm just getting it off my chest now, and then I'm going to be probably numb to it and probably just laugh at it the rest of the year, to be honest, because what's what's re what's left to do? But, yeah, today today really got me pissed off. Like, throw, is, it, is it that hard to throw strikes? Is it really that hard? I get it's the big leagues, but is it really that hard? Maddie says, kudos to you. The other Padres streamers won't even stream anymore. I think they are, but maybe it's just a different time that they're doing it at. But we're all going through it. It's not just me. Um, I, I take pride in being there every day. Like I have other jobs. I have another job. So I think next weekend I, I might not be doing it as consistently because I'm going to be super busy. Uh, but I'm still going to have something out there. And it might not be an hour long. It might just be a couple minute video, but something will be out there because I want to still be there for Padres fans. Just because it's rough, I'm not going to sit here and not do anything. I'm still going to show up. That's just who I am. I'm still going to show up. Even when the team pisses you off, 
I'm still going to show up. Like, I love this team. I love this fan base too much. Might not love some of the players on the team, especially this season, but I love, I love this too much to not do it just because things are going bad, like really bad. Matt says, Soto is a defensive clown show. Please just keep telling me someone is going to pay $500 million for him. So valuable. Maybe not $500 million if he has another season like this, which it's not a terrible season, but it's not a $500 million season, I wouldn't say. So, yeah. What are we looking at? $450 maybe for Soto? I'm just throwing that number out there. I don't know. KB2481 says, Manny is all show. He don't give a damn about a city. All he cares is about getting paid. No, that, that's not true, though, because he wouldn't have been bashing the Gatorade cooler and throwing stuff in the dugout if he didn't actually care. Right? So I disagree with that. He does care, but I will definitely be the first. I'm probably not the first, but I'll definitely be in line to say at some points this year, he has looked foolish with what he has said to the media. And there's been some times where I think he needs to treat the media a little bit better. When they're just trying to do their job, he can have a little bit better of an attitude or not give them as much of an attitude and just answer their questions. Um, and then they'll get out of there. They'll get out of your hair. Um, but yeah, earlier this season, probably was a bad look. I mean, I think when I posted the tweet or put it on Instagram as well, when Manny said, the, like, hey, don't jump back on the bandwagon when you start raking, I think I said I love the confidence from Manny. Looking back on it now, it's like, that was part of the problem, the lack of urgency. Oh, we'll turn it around, whatever. You see the town in this clubhouse? Whatever, we'll turn it around. We'll start raking. Probably should have had more urgency early on. For sure. Tupac13 says, one question, Ben, when was the last time we were at 500? May, probably May 10th. May, no, May 10th, I think, was the last time we were over 500. May 9th, probably, then, was the last time they were at 500. Yeah, what was I doing then? I mean, watching the game, but that was a long time ago, felt like. Feels like a long time ago. Holy crap. I don't even remember what was happening, who they were playing May 10th. Steven says, all four star shortstops on the market last offseason, uh, and really at least three of them have not been worth the money or the contract they got, including Bogarts. I remember in the offseason saying that I would have been fine. I would have loved to have Dansby Swanson. I remember saying that I would have been fine with Bogarts or Swanson because I was excited about the Bogarts move, like having him on the team. Wasn't excited about the long-term contract, but was excited about him being on the team because I thought it helped the team to win. Uh, this season was wrong about that. Uh, but yeah, I would have loved to have Dansby. I would have been, obviously looking back on it now, I would have been more fine with Dansby than Bogarts. I would have been more fine with Dansby than Trey Turner. Because Dansby, he's great defensively, shows up every day, he's a winner, and would have been less money. And maybe, just side note, maybe that would have attracted Mouse Swanson to come over from Chicago to the San Diego Wave as well. That was just that would have just been a side addition, cool addition there. Um, yeah. 
I wish we would have had Dansby looking back on it now uh, on this season. Again, I'm not going to give up on this Bogarts contract less than a year in. I'm just not going to do that. Some might want to, but I'm not going to do that. Just like I gave Hosmer a chance, I'm still going to give Bogart the chance. But once Hosmer got the chance, obviously, then there was no looking back. No, 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 no. KB2421, I'll mute you, actually. I'm not, we're not turning into Dodger fans. That's not what, that's not what's going to happen here. Molokai says it's all on Seidler and Preller. It's not, though. You're going to give no blame to the people that are actually standing in the batter's box, the people that are actually making $20, $30 million a year. You're going to put no blame on those guys. You're going to say it's all on the guy that's just supplying the money. I get you saying it's on Preller for sure, but no blame on the players? Come on. Some of it's on the players. Jim, uh, my mom and I were talking about this when we were watching the game today, actually. Jim says, I want the Milwaukee Sunday deal that has four tickets, four hot dogs, four sodas, and parking for 59 bucks. Is that actually a real thing? I saw that on there. It's like, Petco is never going to do that ever again. Now, what they would tell you is, well, would you rather have that and have... Corey Spangenberg and Jed Jerko and Alexi Ramirez playing on your team? Or would you rather have the, the big price tickets and a lot of food, the, 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 the price increase on the food, the price increase on tickets and uh, parking and all that? Would you rather have that and get to see Tatis, Manny, and Bogart and Soto for the next decade? Maybe not Soto, but you get my point. And what I would reply to that is, yes, I'd rather see that, but them actually like playing up to their level of expectation. Because if they're not, then give us the $59 ticket like Milwaukee has. And Milwaukee fans are getting that, and they're getting a winning team. Maybe the Padres should, and I get it's business, and they're trying to make money and all that, but maybe they should uh, follow Milwaukee's path. At least in the month of September, give that deal to Padres fans. Because what is the reason for Padres fans to show up for this team in September? What is the reason? So yeah, you should make friendly, fan-friendly deals. For sure. Nancy with the super chat, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Moves to the front of the line here. It's time to move Tatis back to shortstop. He's our best. Put Bogarts in the outfield. Have Soto DH bring back Profar. He can actually make a catch. Okay. Bogarts playing the outfield. Has he ever played the outfield before? I can get behind him moving to first or moving to second, but that's that's different than him being in the outfield. And does Bogarts have the best arm to play the outfield? Does he have the best range to play the outfield? No. Tatis, is he playing gold glove outfield? Yeah. He It's already been proven here this season that he can work in the outfield. Why would they move Bogarts to the outfield? That doesn't make sense. Soto DHing? I mean, maybe you DH him more next year, but I still would like to see a better solution because then who are you putting in left field? Is Jackson Merrill playing left field? Like, that's what they're going to do? 
if that's the case, is is that the best thing to do? I mean, I don't know if Merrill should be called up at the beginning of next season. I don't see that. Soto, full-time DH, that's not happening. I just don't see it happening. And Tatis going back to shortstop when Kim's on the team and Bogarts is on the team, that's not happening. I don't think. And especially when he's played every game in the outfield, I think, this year. Has he played a game at shortstop? I don't remember it, if he has. And Bogarts isn't going to the outfield. That's, that's pretty insane. His second year with the Padres after signing a big contract, that's not happening. Uh, David says, HSK is having a good year. Great for him, not tremendous. Let's not get carried away. Well, if you look at baseball reference war, no, in, in baseball, he's, winning, he's having one of the best seasons in all of Major League Baseball. Let me look at the war leaders in baseball this season. Wins above replacement. Hassan Kim is fourth in all of baseball. He's third if you exclude Otani because he obviously has the advantage pitching and hitting. Betts is 7.1. This is entering today. Acuna is at 6.4, and then Kim is right behind Acuna at 6.2. He has a higher baseball reference war than Corey Seager, than Marcus Semyon, than Freddie Freeman, than Garrett Cole, than Francisco Lindor, Wander Franco. Third best war in baseball among position players. So, no, uh, you look at just around Major League Baseball, he's having a tremendous year. I don't think he's going to do that again next season. That, that, those are some pretty high expectations to have on a guy. That this is his first season doing tr playing tremendously like that. Um, but I think we should expect him to have a really solid year next year. But it's, it, as we've seen, it's not just going to be him. It's going to take a lot more than him playing well. The other guys are going to have to play well as well. Uh, Pat says, why do they do all that dancing when they win one game? Yeah, that's just how they are. Soto and Tatis have their dances. and You know, when someone gets on second base doing their celebration, that kind of gets old for me too. That might sound like old man talk and get off my lawn, but sorry, dude. When you're down, you're, you're, what are they now? Nine games under? Nine games under 500? You're not making the postseason? Should you really be celebrating a double? Come on. Alex says, I'm upset more than any other season. The team didn't play like they should have. They are a better team than this. It just wasn't our year. I get your point. It just wasn't our year, but I don't want to go that far. Because I, I do want to have, I definitely have worries about the team. If I didn't have worries and I thought it, this was a one-off, I would say, eh, it just wasn't our year. Unlucky. There's, there's been some unlucky games, but it's not just it wasn't our year. I don't think we can just say that. I think we should have some long concerns about this team. I can say that I think Manny's going to have a better year next year. I think Bogarts is going to have a better ne year next year. I think Crony's going to have a better year next year. But I, I have long-term concerns about the team for sure. Because this, this, is, this could be a hint to what the last half of those contracts are all going to look like. And if that's the case, man, Merrill, 
lot of pressure on him, a lot of pressure on Ethan Salas, a lot of pressure on Robbie Snelling when Darvish has a couple years left on the contract. Yeah, not going to look great. Mark says, as an outsider, it seems like Tatis doesn't take baseball seriously. Maybe the outside incidents and whatnot. whatnot. Uh, I disagree with that. He's someone that likes to dance. That's just who he is. But I've seen him pissed off this year. JD's third asks, what did Manny say about the bandwagon? Yeah, don't, don't get back on that, right? That's what he said. Don't get back on it when we start doing our jobs and start effing raking. Well, no one's on it, Manny. Trust me, no one's on it because you're not raking. Yeah, Omar. Yep, that's what Manny said. Just win baseball games. That's all we have to do. It's not. Manny might say it's simple, but sure doesn't seem simple or else they would have done it, right? I don't envy being in that front office and having to find solutions in the offseason. I'm going to try to, you know, throw solutions out there, but a lot of it comes down to, like I said earlier, those guys, those big guys just playing better. Continuing to go through the chat here. Carter's thinking about burning his Xander jersey. I think that's a little early on that. The Hosmer one, go ahead. But uh, the, the, the Bogarts, that's, it's less than one season in. Let's relax on that. Dylan says, Xander can turn it around, just not under this coaching staff. Why do hitters come here and consistently underperform? Well, part of it's the ballpark. I think that's a fact. And then after that, they underperform for some reason. I don't know why. Do they try to do too much because they're coming over to a new team? Do they press? Because I don't think that they just forget how to hit. Bogart just forgot how to hit. He forgot how to have power, any power. He went a stretch this year, two months, where he hit like two home runs. like what it's, it's like it's hard to believe sometimes so yeah it's definitely frustrating but i i don't know it's one of those where i i just don't know oh yeah gil yeah just wait till pomerantz gets back yeah he 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 had a good inning with lake elsinore why is he even throwing why why are they even having him on the mound What's the point in that? I don't understand that. Uh, CBS121 says, all the extensions look terrible now. I I'm not going to say all the extensions. Manny's looks terrible. And it's less than one year. I'm not going to say that. Cronoworth, he has been declining. So if you want to say that, go ahead. But I'm not going to say that. I'm still not going to say that yet. A Musgrove extension, that looks terrible. I'm not going to say that. The Suarez one, I don't want to give up on that, but I don't blame you. It's kind of like crony. I don't blame you if you already think that. Uh, CBS 121, Bogarts will go down in history as the worst contract of all time. 
worse than Hosmer? I mean, he's got he's to play really bad to top that. He's made more money, he's, or at least he's going to make more money. It's for more years, three more years, right? Hosmer was like, or was it seven? Seven for 144 or eight for 144, whatever it was. It's more for Bogarts. I understand that. But Hosmer was crap defensively and offensively. Like, it's going to take a lot for Bogarts to, to pass that. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, JD's third asked, do you know what Bogart's splits are in Boston, home and away? That is actually pretty interesting. Just to see, like, compare last season. Like, I'll compare last season, for example. His 2022 home and road splits last year. Uh, okay, I'll just go with average. At home last year, 317, 297 on the road. OPS 886, uh, 779 on the road. So he's not hitting as good, or last year he didn't hit as good on the road as he did at Fenway. Now, if we go to Bogarts for 2023, home and road splits so far this season. Now, it's not the same amount of games, obviously, because the season hasn't, all, hasn't fully been played. But home and road, 262 average at home. 259 on the road. So it's about the same. OPS at home, 749 this year, 712 OPS on the road. So both seasons, he hit better at home than on the road. But Bogarts at home last year, 317. Bogarts at home this year, 262. Bogarts on the road last year, 297. Bogarts on the road this year, 259, entering today. OPS 712 on the road this year. On the road, yeah, on the road, 749 OPS at home this year. 886 OPS at home at Fenway last year. 779. 779, excuse me, on the road away from Fenway last year. So there's a big difference there. And why? Why? There was a wrist injury. I can say that. Pet goes harder to hit at, probably, than Fenway. After that, Three words. I don't know. Yeah, Nats fans are laughing at us right now. And so far, they have won the trade. Yep, so far, they've won the trade. Because the Padres win the trade if they win the World Series. If they don't win the World Series, they don't win the trade. As far as I'm concerned, what I think, 
they got to win the World Series. You don't make that move if you think that if you're going to be okay trading all that away and not winning the World Series. All right, continuing to go through the chat here. Again, over 300 comments, so I'm not going to be able to get to everyone. Just scrolling down and seeing if there's anything that stands out to me. Austin says, this is truly one of the most embarrassing series of the year. Holy crap, pretty much. Yep. Yeah, you get swept and you look like a Little League team while you're doing it. Irie says, Aaron Nola could be cheap. No, I, I doubt that. Cheaper than Snell. I mean, he's not having a Cy Young year like Snell is, but not cheap. Uh, what's your definition of cheap? Yeah, can't wait for Salas Gill coming up in 2025. Yeah, can't wait for that. That's not what we should be waiting for. Just saying. Like, seems like he's going to be a great talent, but we had so much hope going into this season, and it had nothing to do with Ethan Salas. We didn't even know who Ethan Salas was because he got signed during the season, right? No chance Nick Martinez gets $16 million for the club option. No. What's his uh, Nick Martinez contract? He has a player option, I assume, right? Player option. Yeah, so here. If the Padres decline 2024 and 2025, that's after... I think, I think that's after this season. If they decline those, those club options, then Martinez, those get converted into player options. $8 million. So Martinez can come back to the Padres for $8 million next year, which I assume is what will happen. So the Padres will get to pay him half of what... Because maybe another team will pay him more than $8 million, but he hasn't had a really good season. This is not the season... You go out to the free agent market. Um, continuing to go through the chat here. Um, a lot of you guys are just interacting amongst yourselves. So, and I love that, but I'm just, it's taken me a while, a lot of comments. So it's just taken me a while to scroll through this here. Kenneth says, why be amazed? Dodgers will win NOS 10 out of the last 11 seasons. Well, we're amazed because of what happened going into the season. Like Dodgers got worse on paper. Padres got better. They just beat the Dodgers in the NLDS last year. So it was like, oh, this is the Padres' time. If there was a year to go win it, this is the year. And they have continued to play well, even by getting worse on paper going into the season. And the Padres have vastly underperformed. All right. 
before my laptop dies, I want to get to some other San Diego sports stuff. So the San Diego State Aztecs, hey, they were one of the San Diego teams that were able to win over the weekend here. They beat Ohio 20-13, to their first game of their football season. Wasn't great attendance, but I'm not surprised by that. I mean, they were playing a team from the MAC. It's not Ohio State they were playing. And the game was at 4 o'clock. And Snapdragon, there's not a lot of shade there. So it's not surprising that the attendance, it was like, what, maybe half of the stadium was filled? And if you were watching that team on watching that game on FS1, there was a ton of empty seats on, I think it was the east side of the stadium, because that's where there's no shade. Not surprising. Um, but student section was pretty filled up there, at least for part of the game. And the, the it was a positive win, I thought, from San Diego State, because they were able to finish. Sometimes last year, they weren't able to finish games, but they were able to do that here. They got three interceptions. They led 10 to 6 at halftime. Uh, Jalen Maiden to Mark Redman. I feel like we're going to see that a lot this year. Saw that twice yesterday in that win. And Ryan Lindley, new Aztecs offensive coordinator, he mentioned that. I forget who he mentioned that to, but going into this game before this season, I think he mentioned it to the Union Tribune, that they're going to create some spots for Mark Redmond to be open and where he's going to get opportunities. And they did that yesterday. Now, will they be able to do that against UCLA or Oregon State or Boise State or Air Force? That's obviously a question. And that's going to be something that will be answered here in the coming weeks. That remains to be seen. But from what I saw yesterday, Jake Browning, um, the kicker, good performance. And they were able to take advantage of some of Ohio's mistakes, the interceptions, the missed field goal that they had that went wide left. Um, and I do want to be fair, though, to Ohio. They had their backup quarterback in, I think, in the second quarter. So that takes a little bit away from the Aztecs win, for me at least. But they did what they were supposed to do. They won the game. That's all that matters. What you know, I'm not going to overreact and be like, Mountain West champs, here we come. Not going to do that because it is just one game. And what I care about more is what the Aztecs do, not even next weekend against Idaho State, that Snapdragon, but what do they do against UCLA? What do they do against Oregon State? What do they do against Boise State? What do they do against Air Force? And those are all consecutive games, by the way. That's four consecutive weeks, or four consecutive games, I think four consecutive weeks, UCLA, Oregon State, Boise State, Air Force. I think that's going to be tough. That's going to be a real test for this Aztecs team. So what is their record going to be out of that? That's what I care about more, and that's when I'll proclaim, like, okay, maybe Mountain West champs coming for the regular season. We'll see what happens here. For me, it was like, okay, it was a good win. Saw some encouraging things, like, Maiden to Redmond, like that was obviously a big takeaway. Like that could be something that we see a lot of this season. And they got what they should have got done. So good win for the Aztecs. And then the Loyal, obviously, with the announcement, obviously, last week that San Diego Loyal, it's going to be their last season. Unfortunately, I, I was hoping that maybe they'd return for 2024 at least. I know the MLS team coming in 2025, but. I think the loyal part of it is they wanted to give the employees like some time here to find another position. 
uh, instead of 2024 being that last year and maybe some front office positions are already being filled with the MLS club because maybe some loyal employees want to go over to the MLS club. Maybe some don't because of the hard feelings there, and I definitely don't blame those people that don't want to do that. Um, and Again, it just sucks. Uh, but I think that's part of the reason why the Loyal ended up folding here at the end of, they're going to at the end of this season. But the watch party in San Diego looked tremendous. A lot of support there. And San Diego Loyal were able to get a good 3-2 to win on the road uh, against Rio Grande Valley. 3-2, Tumi Mashabon, he scored twice. He had the game winner in the 77th minute. A really good crosser for, I think, Mashabon's first goal uh, by Bodily. And then the, the first goal was from Ronaldo Damas. And then obviously Mashabon coming in, good pass, and then gets it in pretty late in the match. And I think if they can see that, if, if loyal fans can see that performance from loyal the rest of this season, and they're not going to get that every match. But if they can find a way to keep playing like this and get a fourth top four finish, they get a they get the host a postseason game. That will be really cool because loyal fans deserve it. And I hope that they can end San Diego Loyal as a club on a good note. Are they going to go win the championship? Obviously, we don't know. And based on standings, there are better teams in the league than Loyal. But the Loyal have been playing better, and that's encouraging. Tokyo Vegas made some good stops in this match. And hopefully, they can use this like really as a rallying cry. And There's probably motivation for the players themselves as well. Like, well, they're not going to be on this club next year because the club's not going to be a thing. So they're playing for their next job. So there's motivation there. But there's some guys that are from the area. So there's probably motivation there as well. Like, let's go win it for these fans. Let's go win it for Andrew Vasiliadis, for Landon Donovan, for the head coach, for the coaching staff, for all the employees that spend so much time in uh, you know working for this club, trying to make this club better. Let's go do this for them. Let's go do it for San Diego. Let's make this something that's really memorable. So hopefully that's the motivation for this team. And it was a good start. A 3-2 win. It was a good start to this post-announcement stretch here. The end of the season. Post-announcement of where Andrew Vasiliadis at Torero Stadium in the stands announced over the week, last week, that this is going to be the last year of San Diego Loyal after they explored a bunch of different options. So... Unfortunate news that happened there, but it was cool to see them get the win. And now they're 11, 7, and 7, fifth place in the USL West uh, Western Conference. And so we'll see if they can get a top four spot and be able to host, the, host a playoff game. If you missed it, the San Diego Wave, I did already talk about this, so you can go watch the video on the YouTube channel, Talking Friars, just look it up, go to playlists, look up San Diego Wave, and it'll be there, my reaction to this match. But just quick, just real quickly, San Diego Wave knocked off Orlando Pride. Huge road win. Uh, Mackenzie Doniak had a corner to Kira Carusa, who had the game-winning goal. Uh, there was also a set-piece goal from Abby Dahlkemper. She got it off a rebound, off her chest, and then one touch in. Really cool to see her score, her score a goal, I should say. She hasn't scored in a while. Uh, Casey Stoney got a red card, which I thought was a joke. Uh, so she will not be the head coach for next match. 
uh, and I ended up being one of the assistant coaches. Thought it was a dumb call, but if you missed the match, you can go watch the highlights. You can go watch my full reaction, more detailed, better reaction, because I did it after it just happened. Uh, that was from Friday night. Wave get that 2-1 win. And now their next match is going to be against Houston. Can't wait for this match. September 3rd, next Sunday. So San Diego State plays on September 2nd. And then it's going to be a long night for me because I work for the Wave. I'm going to be at the stadium and setting that up. And September 3rd, uh, it's going to be the bucket hat giveaway. So thousands of fans, I think first 10,000 fans will get that bucket hat. It's the World Cup Welcome Back match. So you can get your tickets online. Uh, just go to the San Diego Waves website or go to their social media. You'll be able to find the tickets there. And I believe tickets are as low as 14 bucks for the second deck. So I recommend you go check out the Wave this weekend. I know the Padres are going to be at home this coming weekend, but their season's over. So go support a team where their season isn't over. And the Wave actually... As we sit right now, uh, let me look up the NWSL table. Sorry. Last time I saw, they were in second. Right now, they're in third. North Carolina Courage, I think they got a, they, they drew. So they're tied with the Wave. 27 points. Wave have not lost in their last three matches. Portland is playing Washington right now. That's the match of the weekend. Uh, Portland's at 29 points, North Carolina 27, San Diego 27, Gotham's at 26. San Diego just beat them a couple weekends ago. Washington uh, is at 26 points. OL Reign just in that last postseason spot at 24 points. So by the end of the weekend, I mean, the wave could be lower than third. But as I'm talking, that's where they're at right now. They are in a postseason spot. And the NWSL championship game, just a reminder, that is going to be in San Diego at Snapdragon Stadium as well, regardless of who is playing in it November 11th. So I think you, I think the tickets are on sale for that. So you can just look up NWSL championship game tickets and it'll probably show up there. Can't wait for that. And then the U.S. Women's National Team, they're going to be playing in late October, a friendly at Snapdragon Stadium, which was on my list of events I want to see in San Diego in sports. Because we've gotten some pretty cool ones. But the U.S. Women's National Team, that was at the top of my list. So I cannot wait for that. That's going to be, is that the biggest event in Snapdragon Stadium history? Probably the NWSL Championship game is going to be. Because it's literally the championship game for the entire league. But the U.S. Women's National Team coming, that's going to be huge. I think that's bigger than, I know it's a friendly, but shouldn't that be bigger than the U.S. Men's National Team coming? Because they didn't play like Pulisic and all those players. They played their B team. So should we really put that at the top? Should we put Man United at the top when they played Wrexham? When Man United was sending their best players to Houston, they didn't even show up. Should we put that at the top? Should we put Loyal against Borussia Dortmund when second half, it was a bunch of subs playing? I don't know. I think the NWSL championship game would be number one for Snapdragon, unless I'm forgetting something. And the U.S. Women's National Team friendly would probably be close right next to the Wave playoff game from last year at home against Chicago. Those are the events I'd probably put up there. Probably none of the football events so far. Maybe SDSU, UCLA, we'll see what, how San Diego State plays leading up to that. But that's another regular season game. Because um, the, the Arizona, the first 
event at Snapdragon. I mean, it was a blowout. All right. I'm going to get back to the chat after this from Underdog Fantasy. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's Underdog Fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. Before I get back to the chat here, I see your comments in there. I want to play some post-game audio. I have not heard this yet from Manny Machado and Bob Melvin. This was, what, probably an hour ago, I think. Here's Manny. Tough one, so move on. What's the, what's the kind of feeling here? Is, you know, the losses and the time left in the season is the math kind of. It's going up to AJ. Oh, just, just checking. Um, yeah, it's tough. You know, it's a, you know, tough situation. And, you know, uh, just got to regroup and continue playing. You know, we still got a lot of baseball left. and um, There's not a lot of baseball left. Keep how much of after your pop up there was that moment, and how much was a buildup of frustration from? That's just personal. That's just personal. Um, should have never taken that on cooler or cooler, but um, yeah, it's just personal. I just want to come up pledge there, and um, you know, it's just uh, it's personal. All right, so that's Manny. Talking about him hitting the Gatorade cooler, just personal. Yeah, because he's had a down season, and he was pissed off that he popped up there and wanted to come up clutch. So I understand it. Is it the best to do that in the dugout? Probably not. Maybe take it down to the tunnel. But at least it shows the Padres fans that you're still caring here on August 27th. I just wish his comments to the media, which don't mean everything. I want to make that clear. But I just wish his comments to the media earlier on in the season would have made us feel like, oh, there's actually urgency in that clubhouse more than, 
no, there, no one's, no one's. I forget what what the word was that Manny used when he was telling, because Kevin asked him a question, and I want to say this was like less than a month ago, and he was like, "No one's pressing, no one's, we're not worrying, we're not." It's like, that's the problem, isn't it? I think that's that's been a lot of the problem, lack of urgency this season. Here's Bob Melvin. You look at the missed opportunities, or before that, the walks way it got away from the pitchers yeah well a little bit of everything right just kind of combined so you know walk really for what you know with the walks that one inning four guys in a row to be able to to do what he did and escape i thought he pitched pretty well 97 pitches five and a third they're gonna be able to come in and and you know shut it down we didn't do that and then yeah i mean i'll get back to bob but yeah i did want to mention that the fact that walker gave up two runs today that has to be like a miracle. He walked four guys in a row. The Padres today, I mean, Don just kept counting out the walks today on this broadcast. And I'm looking at the box score. Nine walks. The Padres gave nine free passes. Nine. Unacceptable. That cannot happen. You can't expect to win a ball game when you walk nine batters. I don't care who it is. It could be the A's you're playing. Nine batters in a row. Or not bat, not in a row, obviously, but nine batters. 0 for 12 with runners in scoring position. Yeah, that, that combination right there, that's never going to work. What were we? 0 for 12 with runners in scoring position. So it was a combination of everything. You mentioned after a few that, wow, this is maybe the worst that we've experienced. I wonder if this was one of those that you, they keep adding up might be the worst at this point. We felt good about where we were. It's the middle innings again where, you know, we got to start around the ropes. Now we, you know, not that you know, we just didn't do much in the middle innings to put a ton of pressure on. So there were a lot of things that were kind of a microcosm of what's been going on this year. You know, the runners in scoring position, not being able to hold, you know, a lead. Uh, just a lot of things that, that added up today that we've seen a little bit before. Yeah, I mean, look, he's shoot. We what's he hit for us since he's been here? Quite a few, and a lot of them have been big. So, you know, that one gets us a little bit distance and uh, makes us feel good about where we are at the time. So, you know, Gary's done a nice job since he's gotten here. Thirty games to go. You just have to go to St. Louis and, and try to start winning. But do you think this is compounding now? The bad whatever whatever is happening that you guys just can't get it done. I think it's been compounding for a while, but we continue to just play and hope we get into a good stretch. We haven't at this point. Like you said, there's 30 games left. There's really no no reason to even look at the standings at this point in time. It's just keep playing. Keep playing. Facts. Something breaks that we haven't been able to do basically the entire season. What's the level of frustration in there? I saw John in the seventh inning. I got up with the guy. Yeah, very frustrated. Everybody is. You know, we had first and third, nobody out in the middle of our up. We didn't score a run. Now, Manny's playing through some stuff, too. A lot of these guys are. You know, whether it's workloads, whether it's, you know, Manny's playing with his elbow. So, yeah, everybody's frustrated. The way these games have been played, we ought to be frustrated. All right, so there's Bomo. He's right about the standings. Yeah. There's no point in looking at the standings. When you're tied with the Washington Nationals, a rebuilding team, in the wild card standings, there's no point in looking at the standings. There was no point in looking at the standings a week ago. 
If you're under 500, there's no point in, in looking at the at wild card standings. Why? What is the point in looking at them? I mean, I can look at them, but I'm talking about like the, the players, the team. They've got to just do their best at trying to win every game. Just go 1-0 today. That's what they got to do. But yeah, there, there's no point. Just look at the gap. Chicago, half game up on that. So they got the, the second wild card spot right now. Philly has the first. Arizona has the final wild card spot. Cincinnati, one and a half games back. San Francisco, two games back. Miami, three games back. If you're Miami, okay, you can look at it. But the Padres, there's a five-game gap between them and Miami. The Padres are eight games back out of a playoff spot. You're nine games under 500. The season's over. Bob Melvin knows the season's over. When he drops that, there's no point even looking at the, the standings anymore because he knows the season's over. They all know the season's over. So, I mean, I hope that they don't quit when they're on the field. If they're on the field, you better not quit. But, you know, in their minds, they probably have because they know that the season's over. Just like we all do. All right, did I miss any super chats in here? My battery's getting a little low here, so it might die. So I'm just trying to make sure I didn't miss any super chats here. I already got to Nancy's about Tatis moving back to short. I, that, I don't see that happening. It, I don't see it happening, you know, anytime soon. Um, a lot of comments in here. I appreciate everyone that has tuned into this show. A lot of comments. This is probably the most comments I've had in a while. Sam says rock bottom for San Diego. Well, that's what we think, right? Like I said earlier, you, you think that it can't get worse, but then it always has this year. So don't utter that. Don't say it could get worse because it's going to them. I see some people saying no one cares about the loyal. Well, guess what? Then just don't watch. Log off and don't watch. If you're new to this show, I talk about other San Diego sports that I think should be talked about more because I don't think that they get talked about enough, like San Diego Wave, like San Diego Loyal, like San Diego State. I want to talk about them more, and I don't have a San Diego Sports Talk radio show like others do to do that. So this is my platform. So this is a Padres show, right? I've talked about the Padres for probably almost an hour and a half, well over an hour. And so I take the time, usually like the end of the show, last like 10 minutes of the show, somewhere around there before I go to the last comments and talk about other San Diego sports, when it's relevant, when something happened. I, it's not like I'm going to go out of my way to talk about them when something's not happening. But when something's happening, I believe that especially San Diego Wave, Loyal do as well, but San Diego Wave, these are some of the best players in the world. And so I definitely think they deserve the attention. They deserve to be talked about. 
And if you disagree, then just don't watch when I get to that. Um, any more comments? WK says, Nats tied in the standings with the Padres is crazy. It is, and it's not. Like, it is because, yeah, going into the year, like all the superstar talent on this team and the Nationals rebuilding, we wouldn't have thought that the team that Juan Soto was traded from would be tied with the team that got Juan Soto the next season, right? But if you've been watching the games and you've seen the Nationals, watch how they've played recently and, I'm not super surprised by it. It's just embarrassing, obviously, based on the expectations of both teams going into the year, for sure. All right, that's going to do it. Talking Friars episode 456. Again, thank you all for the support. Thank you, everyone that is tuned in live on YouTube, or you're watching this on replay on YouTube, or you stayed all the way here on the podcast platforms. I appreciate all the support. Yes, Rudy, I already did talk about the Aztecs. I'll have a video, I'll have a video clip up on that on the YouTube channel here uh, later today. So just have the notifications on for the YouTube channel. Have a great rest of your night, everybody. Uh, and try to enjoy your life other than the Padres because that's not going to give you much joy right now. Uh, just a reminder, you can use my code TALKINGFRIARS, $20 off your SeatGeek order. If you, for some reason, want to go watch the Padres at Petco Park, or if you want to go watch uh, another sporting event, feel free to use that code there. want to help you out there. All right, that's it. See you all later. Have a great night. <laughs>